0: Still sitting at 91 degrees. Thanks so much for being with us. Derek Hanson with you. I may not sound it, but I have a, uh, a tooth that's still in pain. I had it worked on last week. You may have heard me talk about it. We'll have a short show. John Krasinski is going to join us in just a bit. and Then we'll head to uh, KFGO today. I look back our, at some of the best segments from our live and local shows throughout the day here on KFGO. Well, it's a pleasure. As I mentioned, we've uh, been having him on the show, various shows that I've had for a very long time, going back to his days with the Associated Press. He's now with The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com. Subscribe to all of his stuff. He has been known for being really into everything that's going on with the Minnesota Timberwolves. The lottery was last night. The uh, The Timberwolves got the seventh selection, so that means it wasn't protected after the top three. So Golden State's going to get that pick after the D'Angelo Russell trade from a couple of years ago. So we'll talk with him about Uh, And much, much more on the way. But John Krasinski, again, thanks so much for being with us. I always appreciate it when you're on with us here on Couch Potato Radio on KFGO. Hey, thanks for having
1: me, Derek. Appreciate
0: it. You bet. Well, I appreciate you being on with everything going on in the day after the uh, draft lottery. I guess when it comes to the Timberwolves, we can't really say all bad luck or whatever. This is kind of where they were expected to be, knowing that they wouldn't get the pick and Golden State would acquire their pick. Am I wrong on that, or is that pretty much how it went?
1: Yeah, no, you're right, Derek. I mean, they certainly went into it um, knowing that they had, you know, somewhere around a 73% chance of not moving up and, and of, of forfeiting their pick to Golden State. Still, like, you, you always want to hold out hope, I think, if you're in their shoes and, and hope lightning strikes and you get to move up and, and get lucky. But uh, they, they certainly were not surprised by this. Um, they were preparing for it still at the end of the day when it comes down and, and the balls don't bounce their way, there's there's definitely some disappointment and, and a little sting that goes with it as well. I mean, you know, they they now do not have a, a, a draft pick either to use on a player or to package in a trade or something like that. So that's one arrow that's uh, not in their quiver anymore.
0: So that goes into, because it's one thing if we just talk about it as, you know, Timberwolves fans or whatever, because you, you can play general manager, and I think since the – Evolution of fantasy football and baseball and basketball—it even has been, you know, pretty much on steroids. But when you have national talking heads talking about how Ben Simmons going from the 76ers in a trade for, you know, Russell and what have you would be a good fit, it starts to perk your ears up. Now you have your, you know, you're involved in Target Center and know kind of the ins and outs there more than anyone. But I'm just surprised that, yeah, And usually where there's smoke, there's fire. But it, it just—it's amazing that the Timberwolves have come up so soon in this discussion.
1: Yeah, I think that kind of goes to the reputation of the front office here now, Derek. I mean, with Gerson Rosas, they're a very aggressive um, outfit. They propose trades. They're always looking to to make changes and see if they can get in on on some of the bigger deals. They got it done with Russell. They uh, they swung a trade for Malik Beasley and Juancho Hernan Gomez. They've you know they've um, they've been a little unsuccessful in some other ventures, but I think that. Um, Just the way that these guys operate, you can assume that if any big name players become available, they're certainly at least going to be inquiring. They're going to be making phone calls. They're maybe going to be making offers to see if there's anything that can be done. I think that it would be difficult for them to pull off of a a trade to land a Ben Simmons. Um, I just given the, the relative dearth of assets that the Wolves have that they would be willing to trade to make it happen, but um, you know, they'll, they'll definitely be in there trying for it. I can, I can say that. And Daryl Morey, the 76ers GM and Gerson Rosas, the Wolves GM have a long history together. They've worked together for a very long time in Houston. So there's a relationship there. Maybe that helps a little bit, but we'll just have to see about that. But uh, I I can guarantee you that they will at least be checking in to see what it would take to get uh, Ben Simmons and see if there's anything that they could do to make that happen.
0: Well, and you got to think just because where the fan base is and it's one of those things where if the 76ers are going to make this deal, they're going to have to look at it as a little bit of an addition by subtraction in their minds, right? Just that he isn't going to work for them because they're not going to get probably at value what they should be getting no matter who it is. Wouldn't you agree? Or,
1: Yeah, I would say certainly, Derek, that his his value has been diminished after the really disastrous playoff series that he had against Atlanta. right? And you can just see that it does not fit with Joel Embiid there as kind of a, a star tandem for the 76ers going forward. So um, his, his, his value, uh, the, the leverage that the Sixers would have to trade him, much lower today than it was, say, last year, or even maybe even before going into the playoffs. Um, that said, I think, like, right now, if you ask the 76ers fan, they would take crunch and a bucket of basketballs <laughs> for Ben Simmons. You know, like that's just the way that it is. Daryl Morey is a much smarter guy than that. He will let kind of the dust settle, he will let the hysteria die down a little bit, and then he will, you'll see that value creep back up again. So um, I, I do think that it is more, Ben Simmons is, is more available today than he has been in the last five years and he would cost less today than he has in the last five years still at the end of the day he's a defensive player of the year candidate he's a three-time all-star he is a really good player who had a really bad series and so now it's going to be kind of up to any um you know gm outside of the sixers to try and put the pressure on daryl Morey to to part with ben simmons at a lower price than he's willing to do it we'll see what what it ends up in in the end but i think that Morey's a pretty smart guy. He'll be able to squeeze some value out of him and and get a pretty decent deal for him.
0: Last thing on the Timberwolves, who is really a guy who's known for covering the Timberwolves for a long time, going back to the Associated Press, now with The Athletic. If you want to subscribe, uh, be sure to do so. Go to their website, John Krasinski, with us. And the last thing I have on this is really – is it safe to say the lottery last night did affect the leverage that the Timberwolves had, right? Because if they have that pick, it's maybe easier to do. But since they don't, I mean, they have to make this Russell thing work out because that's part of the deal here, right?
1: Yeah, it, it sure is. And, and, you know, I think I, I saw a lot of people kind of reacting right in the wake of it saying, uh, you know, now that the Wolves have given up their draft pick, that they definitely lost that trade with Golden State. Wiggins in the number seven pick essentially for – for d'angelo russell i but i like getting to your point Derek. i do think that it does put pressure on the wolves and really on d'angelo russell to kind of become the player that they believe that he can be and he showed a lot of signs and flashes of that down the stretch last season after he came back from his knee surgery a lot of playmaking good shooting the tim the timberwolves were 11 and 11 during that stretch that's pretty good so they need to build off of that and if russell can kind of find a groove with Carl Anthony Towns, with Chris Finch, with Anthony Edwards, and help make this, this, uh, this group a playoff team, you know, then we're going to look back at it and say, hey, absolutely, it was worth it, especially since it's the number seven pick and maybe not a star player that they would have gotten had they given up the number four pick um, in, in, in the lottery. So it doesn't look terrible right now, but there cer- certainly still is some work to be done on the Wolves' front and on D'Angelo Russell's front to make that return for Andrew Wiggins um, uh, look a little bit better.
0: Uh, final, uh, just a couple of rapid-fire things before I let you go, because I know you got to run here. John Krasinski with us from The Athletic. Let me ask you a little bit about this NCAA ruling, because really, if you could talk about the Timberwolves. I mean, college basketball certainly affects everything in the NBA as well. This is interesting. Do you agree with my assertion that you go back to the UNLV days, the Fab Five days, when college athletics was getting just – they went from a million-dollar business to a billion-dollar business, that they had to start looking at the Olympic model of the mid-'80s and letting them make money on their uh, name and likeness. Because if they would have at least kind of given that, at least they could have gotten to the point where they wouldn't have Supreme Court decisions. I think they created this mess by trying to you know, keep on kicking the can down the road by this really what was an unsustainable model.
1: Yeah, that, I think that's exactly what happened, Derek. I mean, they, they kind of dug their heels in, and they expected that they could just wait out the athletes, they could wait out the advocates, and that eventually you know, people would get exhausted of fighting this fight. And that the NCA could go back to their monopoly and their, you know, and taking advantage of these athletes the way that they do. Well, they finally got to the Supreme Court. There were people that had the patience, that had the tenacity to go all the way with this. And lo and behold, now you have Supreme Court justices just tar and feathering the, uh, the NCA leaders and the NCAA model in, in, in the town square. And so now they're painted into a corner. And now they're going to have to go ways that probably go much further than they would have had they been, you know, had the foresight to say, hey, look, let's get out ahead of this. Let's address this and find some common ground and then still nip in the bud. Now, I do think, Derek, that the NCAA model as it stands is really in jeopardy right now. And it'll be really interesting to see what kind of compromises or what kind of system comes out of this, because um, the, the court has spoken. And so it's go time for the NCAA, and and it's going to be – there's going to be a lot of pressure on them to try and salvage something that may be beyond salvaging right now.
0: I tell you, it's going to be interesting. As someone who, you know, pulls for the Gophers with stuff, I went to Bemidji State and sitting here in Fargo with NDSU and UND in my backyard, and there's a lot of different levels where this is going to get really intriguing.
1: It sure is, yeah. And there's going to be – you know, I think in this day and age there's more – Attention being paid to it, it's a lot easier for the athletes to get their message out, to control their message, and they are more cognizant of kind of the greater machine and maybe how it does take advantage of them in, in many ways. And these are you know, these athletes come up in an era where they're they're a lot uh, they're just a lot more savvy. Uh, they're a lot more aware of their surroundings, and so they're holding people's feet to the fire now and uh, some of them are getting burned.
0: Final thing for you, I just want to ask you, because I had a friend who used to joke with me about uh, Brad Johnson. He used to call him. He's, he wasn't a Vikings fan, and we'll talk about the Vikings as they get closer because on paper they look great, but I'm just waiting for Lucy to pull away the football again. But uh, yeah. it's, uh, And that usually happens as a Viking fan. But I, Brad Johnson used to get hurt all the time. You remember that? That's the reason that Randall Cunningham took over 15-1 1998, and then he goes on and leaves and w- wins the Super Bowl. Could that be it with, you know, Byron Buxton? Because, my heavens, I've, this guy, if he didn't have any bad luck, he wouldn't have any luck at all.
1: Yeah, it's really tough to watch, Derek, because, um, you know, when he is in the lineup, they're really, really good. And he has an incredible effect on winning. And it's just a matter of some. sometimes it's been really bad luck, like just getting hit on the hand the other night. Yeah, uh, That's not – Byron, Bu- Byron Buxton being fragile, that's not him, you know, kind of being reckless. That was just him getting hit by a pitch. And now he's out for several more weeks. And so, um, yeah, that's, I think the, make, what makes it tough for the twins here is that the last thing you want to do is trade Byron Buxton and then see him finally find a way to stay healthy with another team. Because when he is healthy, he's a star and maybe even a superstar. And so that's why I do think that they're going to be as patient as possible here and try and stick with him, just because the upside is way too great for him. I mean, Barrios is another decision. You got a lot more to look at there in terms of money, in terms of kind of where the team is going and things like that. But Byron Buxton, I mean, he is so good and they've invested so much, so much time and so many resources into to getting him to a point now where he does seem to be, really comfortable in the batter's box he's an unbelievable defensive player so i think you ride it out with him and if he keeps getting hurt he keeps getting hurt but um there's just way too much that you have to gain by by keeping him around and you know then sending him sending him somewhere else and and having him find the magic you know Whatever solution it is, and then becoming an MVP candidate.
0: Oh yeah, David Ortiz, Brad Johnson. I mean, go on, win championships. Yeah, it's, it's we yep. uh, we've seen Evan this movie. Yep. <laughs> we've seen this movie many many times before, John. I thank you very much. When you head back home to the stompy grounds to the you know, metropolis for your in laws with Eulen or whatever, feel free to give us a call, all right, and stop on by. We'll
1: we'll do. Thanks a lot, Derek.
0: You bet, John Krasinski. Always fun to have him on. We've had him on this show many, many times over the years and many of my shows, uh, formerly the Associated Press, now with The Athletic. If you want to read his stuff, if you're a Timberwolves fan, you must subscribe to The Athletic. He has everything. He is the insider for the Minnesota Timberwolves. No one's more plugged into that organization. Also covers all the sports down the Twin Cities area. reason I mentioned Eulin is in-laws from that area. So his wife is from Yulin Ulan hit it all. I almost said Spartans, which is the old, but now it's... Norman County East Daniel and it all. they're the Titans. I, I almost blew that. Talk about consolidation sometimes. Couch Potato Radio, Derek Hansen, KFGO.